Welcome to the Business of Learning, the Learning Leaders Podcast from Training Industry. Hello, and welcome back to the Business of Learning. I'm Michelle Eggleston-Schwartz, Editor-in-Chief at Training Industry. I'm Sarah Gallo, a Senior Editor. Today's episode of the Business of Learning is sponsored by CrossKnowledge. CrossKnowledge empowers global organizations to continuously develop a skilled workforce with a multi-awarded digital learning solution. CrossKnowledge uniquely combines digital content for the most in-demand skills, a powerful learning platform, and expert capabilities to create impactful learning experiences. For over 20 years, CrossKnowledge is recognized as a true partner for effective skill building at scale with unmatched expertise and accountability. CrossKnowledge is part of Wiley, a leader in research and education, and serves 500 clients, reaching 12 million learners. Digital learning has taken the learning and development world by storm. Although virtual learning was already on the rise before the global pandemic, COVID-19 accelerated the adoption of digital learning across organizations worldwide. However, many companies are still at the beginning of their digital adoption journeys. To learn how L&D can support digital learning adoption across the enterprise, we're speaking with Jan Riker, Learning Director at CrossKnowledge. Jan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Pleasure to be here. Jan, why don't you start us off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit more about the current focus of your work. Okay, happy to do that. So I'm Learning Director at Wiley Cross Knowledge, an organization that focuses on providing employees with development support from the time they are in college to the time they get pensioned. My specific role is to support corporate learning organizations in their learning strategy and I mentor young talents. And in addition to that, I'm a professor at Madrid Business School, where let's say I also help L&D professionals. And this is probably because most of my career was spent in, in learning and development. I was chief learning officer in, in four industries, including big organizations like KPMG and Daimler. Great. Thanks for sharing. I think, you know, like Michelle mentioned, it's perhaps the understatement of the century to say these past few years have brought us unprecedented change in how we work, learn, and even live our lives. Jan, what's your view on how the coronavirus pandemic impacted corporate learning and development? I think, first of all, people development is increasingly a strategic driver for organizations. Even before the pandemic, organizations were having skills gaps, talent shortages have only increased. I think the pandemic has, has impacted and accelerated organizational changes uh, and challenges. Business models are changing, uh, and especially, you know, the workforce has to embrace new skills to stay relevant. Hybrid working was, was, was another new phenomena, with vitality and health suddenly becoming organizational relevant uh, issues. And related to that, we now have a big, I'm not sure whether it's a hype, but uh, the big theme at the moment which is the great resignation. I think the pandemic has provided many employees with the time to think about their future in organizations, in their role, what's next, and decided to, uh, to move on. And that's quite a shift for many organizations. And in terms of learning, you know, we talk about digital learning. Organizations have had to embrace uh, digital and hybrid learning, which is quite a disruption from the old face-to-face -face model. I think, you know, needs analysis is more important than ever. Who are our target audiences? Where are they? How are they learning? 
learning adoption because, you know, you, like you and I, if we sit behind our screens for six, seven hours a day, and then uh, at the end of the day, we're asked to learn, that isn't easy. Psychological safety is another issue that's new. So suddenly people have to learn online, either alone or in groups. And psychological safety is a, an important theme. So there's quite a few areas that have uh, you know, shaken L&D and organizations up during the uh, pandemic. Those are some great points. I couldn't agree more. I know over here at Training Industry on our website, at the beginning of the pandemic, we saw upwards of an 8,000% increase in website traffic related to digital learning, remote learning, a lot of the key issues that you addressed. So we were definitely seeing that at the onset. And then our own Pulse research found that remote training delivery has gone from accounting for 50% of training delivery to now 75% of training delivery as a result of the pandemic. Right, yeah. And so kind of with these key shifts in mind, what are some of the major challenges that L&D is facing today? We're talking about the, the shift from classroom to workplace learning. I think another one is the shift from what I would call content to context. So many organizations have typically focused on developing great content but actually that isn't enough in the, uh, in the current setting. We need to look at the context where, where learners are, and quite a few of them are, uh, are learning from home. Another one is, is what I would call courses to resources. Developing courses is not enough. We need to develop resources as well and provide them so employees can learn anytime, anywhere. And I think another one is you know, from generalized to personalized. Many organizations use to sheep dip groups of employees in terms of their learning, for instance, tra- training account managers, providing training for a group of account managers. Now, I think they're shifting from generalized to personalized, where they look at, okay, if we look at this group, how diverse is it? And how can we help the people in, in their individual learning journey? So those are some of the challenges and shifts that I'm seeing. Great. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of shifts going on right now, and it's not an easy time to be an L&D, but we always love seeing how, how learning leaders can really step up to the plate and deliver those programs that can help their companies. Jan, we've made it clear that digital learning is one of those key shifts in how we learn that has come from the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you touch on the future implications of this shift and what it really means going forward? Organizations have had to embrace digital learning. Some of them were already working with it, but you know, during the pandemic, there were no other options. So I think the first one is meeting resistance. So meeting resistance in terms of the learners. So how can we get learners to learn online, even in their busy online work life? Meet resistance with line managers. So how can we get them to support learners who are learning online? That's different from the past where they had them around them. And how can we even meet resistance within L&D? Not all the L&D professionals were digitally savvy. So how can we get them to, uh, to embrace digital learning? A few other things, you know, if we have had the shift from face-to-face to now digital and, and probably hybrid in future, we'll have to take a different design and delivery approach in terms of designing and delivering uh, high-impact learning. So uh, that requires new thoughts. And learning analytics, can we use data more than ever before to not only plan, but also deliver and evaluate uh, the learning that we're doing, both at a program level and at, at learner level? And the last thing I want to mention related to your question is, you know, 
Connectivity and collaboration are important new features within the digital learning world because we now have to think, how can we reach and touch our learners and get them engaged? Definitely. I think you touched on this, how challenging business-wide adoption is for these changes, whether it's remote work or rolling out new technologies or systems. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about some of these core challenges organizations may face when adopting digital learning? I talk to clients uh, every week. I talk to learning leaders. uh, And actually, they're struggling because uh, the situation is new for them, starting with the impossibility to use classroom training. So they were forced to use uh, online learning. Not all of them had a good ecosystem in place. So They've had to look at how can we optimize the learning infrastructure that we currently have. So that's where it, where it started. And then focus on new skills because suddenly they've had to drop everything they were doing and focus on new skills like remote leading or resilience, things like that. They were important and related to that. Things like cybersecurity and psychological safety, as I've said, you know, they are digital skills that all organizations have had to embrace, and, uh, and especially within L&D. Uh, they weren't issues before uh, using digital learning in this way, but they've now suddenly become issues. Yeah, definitely. I'd love, Jan, if you could kind of walk us through what that psychological safety might look like in a digital learning environment and how can learning leaders really make sure that they are creating this inclusive, psychologically safe space for learning? Yeah, thanks for that, uh, that question. I'm not sure there's a silver bullet for it, but it is about awareness within the, uh, the digital space. So I think as we sit here and the people in organizations around us have had to use tools like Teams and Zoom a lot in the past year. So I think in terms of psychological safety, it is important for people facilitating events and meetings to first of all recognize who's in the meeting and how are people sitting in the meeting. So it's easy if you have them in front of you in a, in a real room. But in the digital environment, I think it's important to look at the nonverbal components of how people are attending. I think that is, uh, that's important. Another one is uh, make sure that everybody uh, contributes to a meeting. So in a room, you would have uh, certain people uh, talk a lot, but in the digital environment, it's some others that talk a lot. And we have to make sure that uh, digital meetings and training sessions are very inclusive. So uh, make sure that we reach out to everybody attending and make sure that they can contribute and use features that most of these tools have got by now, like working in uh, smaller subgroups where, uh, let's say, there's a smaller barrier for people to talk and contribute. So I think they are some of the, uh, the elements that we, uh, we need to recognize and that I see uh, people adopting. Yeah, those are some great tips. Thanks for sharing. Well, maybe now you could tell us a little bit about Cross Knowledge's digital learning maturity model. Why was this model initially created and how is it designed to support organizations along their digital adoption journeys? Uh, let's start by saying that the digital learning maturity model was developed in answers to clients' requests and challenges. You know, we talk to clients every day, every week. And when we decided to review the questions and challenges that we got from clients, we saw a lot of commonalities. And all of them are related to the fact that clients are searching for high-impact learning. They've got an ambition to, uh, to deliver high-impact learning, which means 
learning that's effective, learning that's efficient, and learning that is uh, inclusive. So related to that, we decided to look at are there models around that we could probably use uh, effectively with, uh, with clients. And we reviewed existing models like the Burson model and the Learning Performance Institute model, uh, which were good, but too general and, and incomplete. For instance, digital learning component was, uh, was missing. So we used that and built a model with six dimensions that illustrates and highlights and proves where all, every organization is in the digital learning maturity journey of high impact learning with the aim of identifying how organizations can improve their learning strategy, their learning approach in every possible way uh, and what the drivers are. And looking at those six dimensions, they are learners. You know, learners are an important element of the learning cycle. Line managers, because uh, they are the most direct uh, influence on uh, workplace learning. Learning analytics, so uh, what kind of data have we got and do we want to use? Learning experience, this is how, uh, let's say, um, learning is designed and delivered. Uh, learning architecture, this is more about the digital ecosystem that uh, organizations have like uh, an LMS and uh, L&D capabilities. So this is about learning strategy, governance, and L&D's capabilities. And all of these together, you know, provide an opportunity for organizations to score and the score indicates their maturity in terms of how close they are to uh, high-impact learning. Great. And I know you've also used the model to conduct some pretty substantial research. Could you share those key outcomes with our listeners? Yeah, happy to do that. As I said, you know, the aim was to support clients uh, in identifying their digital learning maturity and take action based on the outcomes. That provided us with some data and, and best practices and lessons learned, but we actually wanted to go broader. So we started a research with a, a wider group of organizations. So I think at the end of last year, we had more than 200 organizations participating across the Americas, Europe, and Asia in 13 industries and varying size. The most striking result for me was a relatively low average score of 60 out of 100 for organizations on their digital learning maturity, although it confirms uh, earlier Fosway group results uh, in, their, uh, in their research. And this implies that there's a lot of uh, space for improvement and growth. So uh, I think that's the, uh, the good news. Pharma was the highest scoring industry. Uh, that it wasn't a really big surprise because uh, they generally invest high in L&D and they've got a quite a mature L&D uh, function. Uh, and the other interesting one is that uh, there's a correlation between size and maturity. So uh, the bigger the organization, the higher in general, the digital learning maturity. So they were some of the, uh, the results that came out. And obviously, there were results on the, uh, the individual components of the, uh, of the model. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that information. So before we wrap up here today... Are there any other insights that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, happy to share a few. So I think it is important to see how organizations can leverage the outcomes and progress their digital learning maturity. So if organizations take part in our research, they receive a very personalized and specific digital learning maturity map that shows their score on the, uh, on the six dimensions uh, and enable them to take, uh, take actions. In addition, you know, Cross Knowledge has developed resources for organizations to progress 
like toolkits. And I've seen some good practices of organizations analyzing results and planning actions. And in addition, I think there's a few implications for learning and development that we haven't touched. I think if they really want to progress their digital learning maturity, there's three things that they need to work on. First of all, they need to work on their own capabilities. So become more tech savvy, leverage data analytics. And that's an area that generally is not very well developed within HR and L&D. Boost their uh, their design thinking experience and and online facilitation uh, skills. So uh, make sure that they are uh, role models uh, of learning. I think the second area is is you know collaboration. L and D can't do it alone. Uh, HR can't do it alone. So uh, I think they need to collaborate with different parties within the organisation. First of all, with with the learners. It's it's the obvious one, but it's underestimated. So. Connect with the learners, know where their needs are, but also see, you know, what are the opportunities for user-generated content? Because most learners are smart and happy to share content. Link with line managers to make sure that uh, they enable positive learning climate. Link with leadership because L&D is a strategic driver for change that can support the organization's ambitions. And I think uh, become partnering crime with peers like IT procurement and uh, NHR to make sure that um, they uh, deliver what's expected. And the last area is is uh, the make or buy. So can in the new circumstances organisations develop digital learning themselves, or do they need to team up with strategic vendors and get the expertise and resources that that they need? So I think there are some uh, very specific tips for, uh, for L&D. I think, um, let's say, moving towards a close, there's, there's some recommendations based on lessons learned and best practices that I've, uh, I've seen, and I'm, uh, let's say, um, happy to share. I think the first one is be brave and be confident. I think this is something that uh, L&D something lacks. So make sure you, know, you stand strong on your feet and be brave and uh, go for it. Uh, you can't do it alone. So within the organization, seek for the support and the allies that you uh, that you can find and focus. Make sure your plate is not too full because then you can't deliver within the uh, the relevant time. Focus on the uh, the absolute necessities that uh, leaders bring forward. And outside of the organizations, make sure that you're open to best practices. You know, listen to uh, podcasts, read your research, and connect with peers. I have learned during my career that it, uh, it really makes sense, you know, to find one or two trusted peers to work with that you can call at any evening and say, please help me. I've got an issue here. Give me some advice. Uh, so um, uh, look for those. Stay vital, stay resilient and stay positive. I think we're in a tough situation and uh, it's probably it will take some time before we get out of this situation. So stay vital. That's important in terms of your mental health, but also in terms of your, uh, your sleep. We're currently doing a, quite a bit of research on, on the importance of sleep and stay positive. And last but not least, ride the change wave. The change is there to stay. So uh, rather than resist it, find the right curve and ride it. And uh, I'm sure that with that positive attitude, uh, you'll get to the result that you want to reach. I love that. Ride the change wave. I love it. Those are some great recommendations for our listeners. Jan, thank you so much for speaking with us today on the podcast. How can our listeners get in touch with you if they'd like to reach out? 
Yeah, thanks for, for asking. I think the easiest one is if learners want to connect with me on, on LinkedIn, uh, happy for people to connect with me. I regularly share research, my own research, but also research from others. I'll link them to uh, also to, to podcasts. I've just done a, uh, a podcast a few weeks ago on, on my latest book, 49 Tools for L&D. So uh, happy to also uh, talk about that. And, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of Wiley or Cross Knowledge, they can also uh, connect with me through uh, the Cross Knowledge organization. So uh, happy to, um, let's say, keep sharing. I'm in my third career phase, which is all about uh, sharing my knowledge uh, and uh, helping the next generation to, uh, to perform. For more insights on digital learning and to view the highlights from this episode in animation, check out the show notes for this episode at trainingindustry.com slash trainingindustrypodcast. And as always, don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. We love hearing from you. Until next time. If you have feedback about this episode or would like to suggest a topic for a future program, email us at info at trainingindustry.com or use the contact us page at trainingindustry.com. Thanks for listening to the Training Industry Podcast.